Welcome to the Collins Hill Pulpit Podcast, a ministry of Collins Hill Baptist Church of Lawrenceville, Georgia. This podcast is dedicated to bringing you Bible messages that are relevant to the day and age in which we live. These messages have been preached from the pulpit of Collins Hill Baptist Church in recent days. Now, here is today's message. And we looked a couple weeks ago, or last week rather, at what faith was. We, we saw it defined, and it, it was that substance, that, that base of things hoped for and the, the evidence of things not seen. You know, some people say, uh, well, we have a blind faith, or, or it's just kind of a dumb faith. Well, no, we have a better faith than that. We have a faith that is built on something that is the most solid foundation, and that is the Word of God. When we open our Bibles and the things that we have faith in, the things that we have not seen with our eyes, we have the evidence of those things. And it's the Word of God, and there is no greater evidence than this. I know that I've used this illustration, but if you were to come up to me and say that a million dollars existed, of course, we all, we all by faith, unless you've seen a million dollars, believe that a million dollars exists. But the evidence of that million dollars existing is people buy certain things or or maybe you just tell me, hey, I've seen a million dollars. And so I believe by faith that a million dollars exists because of your testimony of it. And so that's the evidence that a million dollars exists. Well, you know, the evidence that we have for our faith in the Lord is an even better. We are given even better evidence and it's found in the word of God. And then we saw not only that, but we saw how faith was demonstrated in the past, how the elders obtained a good report. And over these next coming months, as we look at Hebrews 11, we're going to find these elders that were mentioned, the, the forefathers. And, uh, and by the way, I, I want you to notice this is totally free this morning. You, I won't charge you any extra. But when we get to the, to the family of Abraham... And then you, then you go from Abraham to Isaac and Jacob and then to Joseph. You know, that those, those characters that we will look at and these stories of faith that they had, you know, it is a, that, that's a family. You have a, a father and then a grandfather and then a great-grandfather and then a great-great-grandfather mentioned here. And we see how the faith was passed down. And we're going to notice here the, the very last point that we'll look at, but I, I can't, I've been really meditating on it uh, over the last couple of days, is that what will you pass down to the next generation? What will you pass down to your family that is coming after you? When all is said and done and you're, and you're gone and you're in the grave, what will you leave behind? And I, I hope that when I leave this world, if the Lord does not come back before my appointed time of death comes, my prayer is that I leave behind my family something that's far greater than money, something that's far greater than anything uh, material, but that I leave behind a good report of faith. And I, and I pray that that is your desire this morning as well. But today we're going to be uh, looking here uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. We're just going to be looking at this one verse, but we're also going to go to the book of Genesis chapter 4. We'll be spending the majority of our time there looking at that account. But I want, to, I want us to read uh, some verses here. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 4. Notice what the Bible says. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained a witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it 
he being dead, yet speaketh. Now I want you to go to the book of Genesis with me. The book of Genesis, chapter number 4. Genesis, chapter number 4. To this great book of beginnings, where we find the beginning of the human race, where we find the beginning of God's dealings with mankind. We find it here, Genesis chapter number 4. We're going to be looking at the first 10 verses of this chapter. And I want us to notice some things that we're going to use to parallel, really, Genesis 4 and Hebrews chapter 11. So I want you to notice with me here, Genesis chapter 4, we're going to read the first 10 verses. The Bible says, And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And now I want you to remember Genesis 3.15, God promised that she would bear a son. She would have, uh, there would be a seed that would come and destroy Satan and would defeat Satan. And so I can imagine that when, when she bore Cain, that she said, hey, this is the fulfillment of that. She was thinking towards that. And then I want you to notice here, verse 2, and she again bare his brother Abel. So Cain was the firstborn, Abel was the secondborn, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So basically Cain, or Abel, he was a, a shepherd and Cain was a farmer. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought up the fruit of the ground of an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought up the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou dost, doest well, sh shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be, the, be his desires, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And of course, as we continue on there, we won't read it, but verses 11 through 15, he, he tells us the, the curse that was set upon Cain. And, and uh, just a spoiler alert, none of us know the mark that God put upon Cain. Over the course of history, there's been many things that have been said, but in all reality, we just don't know what it is. And it's good for us not to speculate, but we, we, we find here the story of Cain and Abel, the first murder story that was ever recorded. We find it here in Genesis chapter 4, and then when we parallel this with the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4, we find... That by faith Abel, we find the, the, the summation of the account of Genesis 4 in Hebrews chapter 11. What God remembered, what God saw, what God wanted to be uh, memorialized and mentioned again. You know, if God says something once, it's important. If he says it again, it's really important. And then, of course, he says, that, he says Abel's name more than one time, more than two times. In fact, he says it three and I believe four times as well. It's good to listen. Now, how many of you, when your, mo when your mom uh, called you and said, you know, said your name, you know, Landon, you didn't listen. Then she said, Landon Street, you know, and then it, then it was really getting bad. And then she put that whole middle name, Landon Cole Street. It was too late. Okay. 
And, and we, so we know that if the Lord emphasizes something more than one time, then it's, we really should perk our ears up and pay attention. And so we find the Lord mentions here again, Abel, in Hebrews chapter 11, 4. So I want us to look here, a message that we've entitled, Worshiping Faith. We're preaching on faith. That's what we're looking at. That's what we're going to be going forward in faith. And so what is the first illustration, the first example that God uses in this chapter of a person that lived by faith? Well, we find that it is here in Abel, and we find that Abel's faith caused him to worship. So we find here worshiping faith, worshiping faith. I want us to look here, number one, there on your handout, number one, I want us to notice, uh, give you, I want to give you some observations here. Number one, faith contrasted, faith contrasted. And now for the school teachers that are, that are good with English and different things, I believe that I used the correct one. You know, if you, you've got compare and contrast. And so if you take two things and you're trying to show how they're different, then you're contrasting them, I believe. I may be incorrect. So if I am, then you can correct me in your handout, okay? And hopefully you don't get too frustrated with me throughout the, uh, throughout the message. But we see here faith contrasted. Faith contrasted. Notice here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, he says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. You say, Landon, why are we going to contrast these two men and their sacrifice? Well, because God does. God gives us in his word, in his inspired word, he gives us the picture of one sacrifice, Cain's, and then a more excellent sacrifice, Abel's. So I want us to notice here as we contrast these two sons and their, and their offerings to God, I want us to notice, first of all, here we're back in Genesis chapter 4, Letter A, their work. Their work. What is the first thing that we notice about these men? Well, we notice their work was different. They had two different jobs. Notice here he says in verse 2, And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Cain, he was a farmer. Abel was a shepherd. Cain cultivated the earth. Abel cared for the flock. They both had different jobs, but now neither was better than the other. Both were needed. So, but, but we see that God, he contrasts their work. One worked one job and another person worked another job. Both were needful, but we see here in their faith contrasted their work. God says that their work was different. They had different jobs. Notice not only their work, but letter B... Their worship, their worship. Now I'll give you a little spoiler alert. We will spend the majority of our time here, right here in this point. But we see letter B, their worship. Notice Genesis chapter 4. And Abel, he brought up the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. We find that it came time for them to make a sacrifice. We find that Abel, by faith, offered a sacrifice to God. Now, the Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 10 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So a question that arose in my mind was, well, how did Abel and Cain know that they had to sacrifice 
or that God desired them to worship him by means of sacrifice. How did they know that? Well, they heard from the Lord. God taught them, especially God would have taught Adam and Eve, that it was a sacrifice that was needed. If you remember in the book of Genesis chapter 3, when they sinned, they found and realized that they were naked. They got fig leaves, they sewed them together, and they tried to cover their nakedness. They, they tried to cover their sin. And, we, and you know what happened uh, following that. The Lord, he came down and he saw that they were naked, or he saw that they realized that they were naked. And what did he do? He covered them. He, he said, these fig leaves aren't enough. I've got to cover you with the skins of animals. Okay, well, just using common sense, how do you get a skin off of an animal? We have to shed its blood. You have to kill the animal. And so we find in Genesis chapter 3 the institution of an animal sacrifice. That's what God desired. That's what God demanded. You see, the fig leaves, the, the, the effort of Adam and Eve to sew fig leaves together to cover their sin, that was not enough. God had to shed blood, shed innocent blood. And of course, what a wonderful picture we have of the coming Messiah that would shed his blood to cover, and and by the way, not just cover our sin, but to completely wash them away. And we find what a wonderful picture we have here. But I, I believe that when God was speaking to Adam and Eve and God spoke with Cain and Abel, that he instructed them that he desired that when it came to sacrificing for sin, you had to have a blood sacrifice. And so we find here that Abel's offering was accepted. They were worshiping the Lord. They brought two different Sacrifices. Abel brought a lamb. I believe it was a lamb. He brought an animal to be sacrificed. And Cain brought of the first fruit of the ground. Okay? And that, now there's, there's much that we can say, and I'm, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself because it's, just, it's really good, I'm telling you. So you just, just wait for it. We see here, number one, under their worship, we see Abel's accepted sacrifice. Abel's accepted sacrifice. Abel, he brought a lamb. The Bible later tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no washing away. Except there be blood shed, there would be no forgiveness of sin. You know, we live in a culture today that wants to get rid of the blood. That They say, look, you just need to get away from that bloody religion. You need to get, get, get away from talking about the blood being shed and Jesus shedding his blood to pay for sin. Well, friend, can I tell you that if Jesus did not shed his blood, then you and I could not be forgiven of our sin. The Bible makes it clear that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. The Bible tells us that we are forgiven, that our, that our sins are washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. We find that without the blood being shed, that our sins could not be forgiven. Our sins could not be washed away. And so if somebody says, oh, you just got to get rid of that bloody religion. Well, friend, if you don't have a bloody religion then you, and you don't have a bloody Savior, then you don't have salvation. You do not have forgiveness of sin. And so we must remember and keep in our mind that Abel shed blood. Abel recognized his sin. And in obedience, his faith caused him to be obedient. He believed 
God and what God had revealed in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. He, he believed that by faith and then his faith worked and he brought a sacrifice. He was obedient. He brought an animal sacrifice and God accepted this offering. Writer once said, Abel therefore illustrates to us that the way of faith is the blood sprinkled way. The way that is Christ. Another writer said, said it this way. That little lamb, that the, the little lamb that Abel shed, that little lamb couldn't take away sin. But it foreshadowed the coming of Christ, who is, quote, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And it was offered in faith. As we go throughout all of the Old Testament, leading up to Jesus Christ hanging on the cross and giving his life as a payment for our sin, we have the sacrifice system. All throughout the Old Testament, we find that the nation of Israel sacrificed animals for their sin. Was that sacrificing of the animals saving them? No, the Bible teaches that the blood of bulls and of goats could not pay for sin. It could not wash away sin. It could not forgive sin. What was it? It was by faith you offered a sacrifice. In obedience you offered a sacrifice because you believed in the coming sacrifice of the Messiah. The Bible is very clear. If you go to Isaiah chapter 53, it's very clear that there would be a Messiah that would come who would be bruised for our transgressions, who would be bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we would be healed. We know that the Bible teaches that there would be one that was coming. And the nation of Israel and those that were, that were of the same faith that came into this faith and identified with this faith, they would offer sacrifices. They would offer sacrifices daily in the temple. The, holy, uh, the, the high priest would go into the holies of holies once a year to make a sacrifice for the entire nation. But that sacrifice did not save a single person. That sacrifice was a picture of the coming sacrifice of Jesus Christ that can and would save a person. So the, the Old Testament saints, they sacrificed, they offered animals as a sacrifice because they were obedient, because God had instructed it. And it was because of their faith they worked. It's another wonderful picture. We looked at this on Thursday. How that the Thessalonians, they had a work of faith. They, did, they didn't have faith because they worked. Their, their faith, they didn't work and do all these great things and that somehow merited them God's favor. No, 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 no. We know that our salvation is by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. But they worked because of their faith. The Bible says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That doesn't mean that we work it out in the sense that we work to gain it. No, it means that since we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, since we have been saved, we ought to work it out. We ought to, to, to in, in a sense, lift the weight. We ought to grow in our faith. We ought to work. We work out of our salvation. Because we're saved, we work. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. And again, that doesn't mean that if you, uh, if you don't work, then you can't be saved. No, no, no. What it's saying is that true faith will cause us to work. True faith will bring us to a desire to serve the Lord and to obey the Lord. And we see that Abel, he came before the Lord and he realized this lamb isn't, isn't taking away my sin. This lamb isn't the reason why I'm being saved. No, I'm saved because I'm trusting in the promise that God gave to my mom and dad. 
And the, the promise that he gave in Genesis 3.15, the promise that as, as Adam and Eve, as my mom and dad sat down and told my brother and I and said, you know, you know, you know kids, you know, me and your mother, we, we, we were in a perfect place. We were perfect. We were in the Garden of Eden and God, he would come and he would walk among us. And we had wonderful fellowship with God. And, and then one day we, we ate of the fruit. One day we sinned, and, and the reason why I've got to go out to the field, and the reason why I've got to toil and sweat, and the reason why it was painful for your mother to bring you boys into this world, the reason why all of the, all of the chaos and wickedness that we find in this world, well, it was because you and I, we, or your mother and I, we sinned. And, and because of me, Adam is speaking, because of me, death has passed upon all men, for all have sinned. By me, boys, you have inherited a sin nature. You're sinners. But God, can I tell you this? Boys, God, he came down. And when he saw our own efforts, and he saw us try and cover ourselves with fig leaves and try and cover for our sins, he said, no, that's not enough. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to shed blood, shed some, some innocent animal's blood that, that if we hadn't sinned, wouldn't have had to die. But, but because we sinned, there had to be a payment, there had to be a sacrifice that foreshadowed what, what God promised your mother. God promised that there was going to be one that would come and would, would bruise Satan and would, would bring victory over sin, death, and hell. And, and there's one coming, and, and boys, I, I don't know when he's coming, and I don't know if he's, if he, if he's one of you, I don't know. But, but because of our faith in his promise, we're going to sacrifice to God. Because God implemented the sacrifice of an animal to cover for, for our sin. God, he, there's going to come a day where you're going to have to offer a sacrifice for your sin as well. And it's going to be required that you sacrifice an innocent animal. And so as we find here, Abel, I believe that Abel took this and he said, oh, I believe it. By faith, I believe it. I, I, I take that as my own. And, he, and when the day came. Where he said, man, I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. He, he believed it by faith. And then the day came, as the Bible tells us, that as that appointed time and the process of time came, he, he, he went with that lamb. Remember, he was that shepherd and he took that lamb and he sacrificed that lamb to pay, to, to, be, to be the picture of the future payment for sin. We believe and we see that Abel believed God. He had faith. We see Abel's accepted sacrifice. Not only do we see Abel's accepted sacrifice, we see Cain's rejected sacrifice. Cain's rejected sacrifice. Notice with me verse 3. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Verse 5, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. The Bible tells us that Cain's sacrifice was rejected. Cain's sacrifice was rejected. Now I want us to notice something that was very interesting. That Cain and Abel were contrasting their faith, but I want you to notice something they had in, 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 uh, they had in common. They had the same mom and dad that, that instructed them in the same truth. They both were raised... With the same instruction, they were, they were raised with the same mom and dad. They were raised with the same opportunity. They were raised in the same environment. 
But remember that story that I kind of told you of, of what it might have been like of Adam and Eve sitting them down and, and telling them about their sin and telling them that there would need to be blood that was shed. And Abel, he believed it by faith. I can just imagine that Cain said, well, why wasn't the fig leaves, fig leaves enough? Me, a sinner? I'm not that bad. The, uh, the Bible tells us in the book of Jude, Jude 11, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. What, what is this way of Cain? What was, the, what was the reason why God did not accept Cain's offering, but he accepted Abel's? Was it because God, oh, he chose from before the foundation of the earth that Abel, he was the one that was going to be saved, and Cain was the one that was going to be lost. No, no, no. They had a free choice. Both of them had a free choice. Same environment, same family. They both had a choice. One chose the way of faith. The other chose the way of self. The way of works. What's the way of Cain? It's that way of self. The way of works. We find this way of Cain. We find the reason why Cain reject, was rejected in his sacrifice. We see the three reasons why we find in the word of God. You have them there on your handout. Letter A, uh, or little letter A. He did not come by faith. Remember, we're contrasting Abel's faith, Abel's sacrifice, and Cain's sacrifice. The Bible says, by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. Therefore, Cain did not come the way of faith. I can imagine that Cain said, I don't need to come by faith. I'll come my way. I'll come the way that I want to come. It was once said that the offering that he brought denied that human nature is evil. Now, the Bible tells us that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground. Now, something interesting about that is that later an offering would be required of the nation of Israel, and it was called the offering of the first fruits. And so, the, the offering of the first fruits, notice, it was not to pay for sin, but it was to thank God for what He had provided. It was to thank God that He had provided uh, uh, this harvest, and so you would give 10% back to the Lord by way of a tithe of that first fruit. You would give the first fruit. But remember that in order to be saved, to, to, to picture this salvation, there had to be a blood sacrifice. And Cain did not bring a blood sacrifice. I believe that Cain had as just as much opportunity to bring a, a lamb to sacrifice as Abel did. You say, well, Abel had an advantage. He was a shepherd. Yeah, absolutely. But Cain, he could have just as easily said, hey, hey, Abel, you know, I've sinned. You're going by faith and, and I've got to go by faith too. I believe God. I believe that I'm a sinner and I believe that I need to be saved and I've got to go his way. I can't go my way. I've got to go God's way. So I need a lamb. I need, I need a sacrifice to picture that coming sacrifice. You remember that mom and dad told us about? But no, that's not what Cain did. Cain, he, he brought of what he thought would be okay. Cain's offering denied the fact that he was a sinner. He didn't admit that he was a sinner. He, he brought what he thought would work. But God was very specific. 
I believe that God specifically instructed them that it had to be a blood sacrifice. Abel believed it by faith and obeyed. Cain did not come by faith. So we see that's the first reason why God rejected Cain's offering. The second reason is that he did not come acknowledging separation from God. He did not come acknowledging that he was separated from God. You know, one of the worst things in the world, one of the worst things in the world is for somebody to think that everything is okay when everything is not okay. Cain thought that everything was, oh, it's all right. Cain thought that the sacrifice, that that he didn't have to sacrifice, that there is no separation, that, that I'm all right. But the reality is, is that each and every one of us that are not saved, if we are not saved, we are separated from God. Our sin has separated us from God. And we need to be brought together. We need to be reconciled. We need to, to be uh, brought back together to be redeemed by the Lord. That is what we need. And Cain's offering was not the way of the Lord. He did not come acknowledging that he was separated from God. The way that Cain came before God was basically he was saying, oh, everything's all right. It's It's okay. He did not come the way of faith and he did not come acknowledging that he was separated from God in sin. Notice number three, he did not come through Jesus, but rather attempted coming by his own works. If you were to go up to somebody on the street today and say, if, 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 if you were to die right now and you stood before God and God said, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? of the people that you talk to will say, well, I'm not that bad. Well, I do good things. Well, you know, when it comes to the the day where that happens, you know, God will take out a big old eternal scale and he'll put all my good over here and he'll put all my bad over here. And well, you know, it's going to kind of teeter and totter. But, you know, the, the, the good will win out. You know, the way that Cain came, he he came by his own works. He tried to come by what he had produced, what he had cultivated. He didn't come through Jesus. Salvation is by grace through faith. Cain thought salvation was by works through him. Romans 3.25 says that God sent for Jesus to be the uh, propitiation, the, the appeaser of wrath, through faith in his blood. Abel said, I must go through the blood. Cain said, I can make it on my own. We live in a world today where millions and millions and if not billions of people say, I'll make it on my own. If that's you today and you say, oh, I'll make it on my own. The reality is, is that you won't. The Bible says it makes it so very clear that it is by grace through faith In that, not of ourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Cain went the way of his own works. Many people today are still in the way of Cain. They're not coming to God by faith. They're not acknowledging that they're separated from God. They're just coming. Well, I'll work it. I'll work it out. I'll get there by my own strength and by my own merit. The reality is, is that you won't. The reality is, is that they won't. We see here the way of Cain. The Bible says 
that the Jews were guilty of this way of Cain. The Jews were guilty of following this. Romans 10.3, for they, that's the Jewish people, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves into the righteousness of God. What the Jewish people did, it was as old as time. They came before God looking to establish their own righteousness through the works of the law. But the Bible says that by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. You and I cannot be declared righteous before God by our own works. By keeping the law, it's impossible. There must be a a sacrifice, blood that was shed, and praise God that Jesus Christ shed his blood so that you and I could be saved. God didn't demand something and then say, okay, good luck, figure it out. No, God demands righteousness. And in his demand for righteousness, he didn't expect you and I to be righteous. What he did was he sent his own son. So that we, by grace, through faith, in Jesus alone, could say, all right, Lord, I'm recognizing that you're the only way of salvation. And we take upon ourselves Jesus' righteousness. He He cleanses us from our sin. And he wraps us in his righteousness. That's the way that we're saved. But we see the way of Cain. It was a way not of faith. It was a way not acknowledging this separation from God. And it was a way that said, I can make it on my own. God, that's why he rejected Cain's sacrifice. At least there's many different possibilities that are given. But I believe that these are the three most accurate that we can find in the word of God. Not only do we see their worship. And this faith contrasted, but we see letter C, their way, their way. I know this is just a simple kind of obvious point, but it says in verse 5, And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Then we see God speaking to Cain, and he asked him, "Why, Why are you so sad? Why are you downtrodden? Why are you so wroth? Why are you so angry? We see that the way of Cain, his way was bitterness, jealousy, and anger. We see that, it, that, that even from the second generation of mankind, sin will take its toll. But we see Abel's way. Not recorded for us, but I think we can safely assume that he demonstrated the fruit of the Spirit. Cain, being ungodly, demonstrated the works of the flesh. But Abel, being godly, by, coming to God by faith, demonstrated the fruit of the Spirit. Demonstrated that patience that love, that joy, that peace, that long-suffering, that gentleness, goodness. We see their way. I want you to notice number two here. Faith credited. Faith credited. Go back with me to Hebrews chapter 11. These, these two really, they kind of, they, they come together really nicely. Notice, by which he obtained witness that he was Righteous. Remember, when that animal sacrifice was shed, it was a future picture of the righteousness of Jesus Christ that would be, excuse me, that would be credited to our account. That when we come to God by faith, his righteousness is credited, it's imputed on us. This word righteous, it means to be just. Another definition that we can attribute to this word is just, according to the divine law, Applied to person, 
It denotes one who is holy in heart and observant of the divine commands in practice as a righteous man. By faith, Abel obtained the testimony or the witness that he was righteous, that he was just. He had faith in his heart, and because he had faith in his heart, it worked itself outward. He had works that went along with it. His work did not make him righteous, but his work showed the faith that made him righteous. So we see faith credited. Number three, last, so we find here faith communicated. Faith communicated. We've mentioned this before, but Abel, he's been dead for over 4,000 years. Yet, notice what the Bible says, and by it, by his faith, he being dead, yet speaketh. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Bible message. We pray that you've received a blessing and we look forward to being with you again in the future.